1: You're listening to Satellite Sisters.
2: What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you
0: going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is
2: part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening
0: to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Lee Dolan here in Pasadena, California, I'm a writer and I'm a producer. And did you guys watch the Emmys? I felt so close to all of the TV shows this year because I've watched so much
1: TV this year. (laughs) Julie, did you watch? Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister and I live in Dallas, Texas. And no, I did not watch Leanne, but I believe I was the first sister to recommend Ted Lasso (laughs) uh, um, on Satellite Sisters. And I was an early adopter and I remember your response, Lian, was like, Oh, really? Ted Lasso. And oh, really? Ted Lasso. That was the right answer. <laughs> okay, Julie, you win.
2: You uh, win. Yep. Yeah, Julie gets the Satellite Sisters Emmy. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I live in Santa Monica, California. Um, I did watch it and uh, I thought it was pretty fun. My favorite, my most. Satellite Sisters part where you have to give a special shout out I know we've talked a lot about how much we love Debbie Allen and um so she got the governor's award and she's just so great in every way, so talented, so warm, so wonderful. And at the end of her speech, she gave a real stay noisy rallying cry for the young people of the world. Um, And she said, for young people, they're inheriting the world we live in and where we lead them. It's time for you to claim your power, play your voice, sing your song, tell your stories. It will make us a better place, your term. And I thought, that was just Wow! Well, totally oh. cool, I would enjoy that. I think it is time. I think that's great. I'm I, I'm anxious for this generation to step up because they have a lot to say.
0: Yes, me too. Me too. Good. I, I missed that. I'll have to go watch that. I'll have to go watch that on YouTube.
1: All right. Well, can we start by uh, start the show by saying we have some really exciting family news. Uh, we have uh, we have a new great nephew named Casey. Eight pounds, 22 and a half inches. That is a very nice size. (laughs) And he joins his big brother, Jonas, and the very happy parents are um, our niece, uh, Catherine, and her husband, Alex. And we've seen pictures of Casey. He's a beauty. And uh, welcome to the world, Casey. That's That's what we have to say. Yeah, welcome. Okay, Casey.
0: Casey, your turn. Your turn. Go for it. <laughs> Today on Satellite Sisters, Julie went somewhere this weekend. A surprise trip. <laughs> Can
1: you believe it? I'm looking out of the country. country. Yes.
0: Okay. We got to talk about that. We got to get some details on that. I, of course, had a wine tasting with John Bon Jovi. So we're going to talk about Ooh. that. Um, Liz, you had a great second opinion from your doctor, from yeah. a new doctor, I a should say. A new doctor.
2: Yes. I would like to talk about the emotional journey of seeking a second opinion, sisters. I think that's important. Yeah, I think that's good. I'm Mm -hmm. glad you're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a
0: home improvement block. So, you know, hold on to your paint chips because I got the colors that are going to get your house five grand more if it goes on the market. Oh, wow. Take notes. (laughs) Take notes. Uh, We have entertaining sisters. We have a couple of books, three books that we want to recommend today. And liz and julie we won an award what i got a notification for an award we won this week um, okay what is it
2: is it an i'm movie?
0: gonna i'm gonna tell you later on in the show oh, I, no. I i i can tell you that the issuer is the city of santa monica oh
1: <laughs> well we got an award prestigious
0: City of Santa Monica. Very prestigious, Julie. So, okay. yeah. Well, okay.
2: it, it is where I live. So do I get a parade? I can't wait to find out what this award is. <laughs> wait a year. Wait a year. <laughs> okay. All
1: right. But can we start? I, I actually went on a trip, sisters. Can you believe this? This is, you know, my theme for the year was, what are you waiting for? Uh, mm-hmm. That after 2020, where we did, nobody did anything, I was just like, 2021? What are you waiting for? Yeah, um, and but as many people have, you know, I had like a backlog of things that had been canceled in late 19 to 2020 into 2021. Anyway, long story one place that has always been on my bucket list that I've wanted to go is the charming World Heritage Site town of san miguel de Ende in mexico now liz you've been there right
2: i have been there it's beautiful i went there what was like a couple years before pandemic beautiful beautiful place so this is
1: this is a a small town about 170 miles northwest of mexico city Um, As I said, it is a World Heritage site because it is just chock full of Baroque and neoclassical colonial buildings and structures and cobblestone streets and gorgeous churches, over 300 churches. ranging back to the 1500s um and it's just an amazing place to go they have everything from bed and breakfast places to boutique hotels to luxury hotels there to houses there's something for everyone um in san miguel and so my husband and I went. We went for a long weekend. Um, it was very exciting. We, uh, we you know, took a cultural and history tour of the city. Which oh, we, that's fun. Which we, which we enjoyed. I mean, that's a very popular thing to do, Leanne. Also, there are cooking lessons. There are a lot of retirees that um, that live there, Americans that have moved down to this area. You know, this was You know, the whole town was sort of founded in the late 1500s, and then the Spanish came over and they used the town sort of it was on the silver from the silver mines in the north. This was a stopping town for that before they took the silver down to Veracruz and over to Spain. But the indigenous people, the Chichimecas, they beat the Spanish, took back the town, which was good, but it stopped the silver trade. And so the whole town went into this big recession. And then at the start of the 20th century, they had the flu there. So it became like this ghost town. But Mm -hmm. so... That's not good. But the good news was it meant that this town is was sort of frozen in time. That's oh, no, OK. So no additional development went on. And so much of it has been preserved. And then around after World War II, somebody had the idea like, hey, let's start an art school down here and we can get a lot of the U.S. soldiers coming back from the war on the GI Bill and they can use their GI money to come and study art in san miguel and so it then became this this community for artists and writers and tourists and one of the neat things about the place is that many of the tourists that we encountered were mexican so it's very popular uh, from with people from mexico mexico city it's a nice weekend retreat to come up to the mountains and, and check out this beautiful town um, i want to report that it's very easy for uh, going to Mexico from the United States. You don't need any special documentation other than your passport. I tried to show people my vaccination cards. No one was interested in
2: it. <laughs> Not a single... Person. I don't know if that's good or bad, but okay, good for you.
1: <laughs> no, so, so, and then on the way back, um, it was very easy. You do need to get an antigen test, a uh, COVID test to come back to the U.S., um, very easy to get in San Miguel. They have, you know, they have a station set up right in town. Uh, you don't need to make an appointment. We got our results right away. Again, I was very, very anxious and excited to show as many people as possible my negativo uh, um, results <laughs> on my uh, COVID test. When and the weird thing is, it's it's just when you check back in. We flew on American Airlines nonstop. It's a two-hour flight from Dallas. And you just show it to the gate agent, which seems, oh. I don't know. What were you I mean, expecting? Yeah. Like
2: Tony Fauci at the airport? <laughs> yes, Liz,
1: yes. I mean, hey. or Antonio Fauci, you know, uh, <laughs> his, his Mexican cousin possibly running that operation. I don't, I don't know, Liz, but it seems like a lot for a gate agent to have to just, you know, review all the COVID tests, but I guess, but they're doing that. Um, and I will say, I felt, um, I felt like they did a bit, you know, it's an excellent city um, because there's so much rooftop dining or, you know, uh, garden dining. So there's a lot of outdoor dining for all the delicious food there. You have to wear a mask in San Miguel. So everyone is doing it. Their other big uh, COVID prevention system seems to be that they have positioned people about every three or four feet in the town with a bottle of hand sanitizer. And wherever you go, like, oh, if you want to go to the open market, you need hand sanitizer. If you want to go to the artisan market, hand sanitizer. If you want to go into any of the shops, hand sanitizers, a foot bath, and they take your temperature of some kind. I mean, I don't know. They were taking my temperature on my wrist. I don't know if that works, but that's what they were
2: doing. But I'm always skeptical of that, too, here. I've had that done a few times here. I'm like, really, if that works, why have we never done it that way before?
1: I, I don't know. know. I don't know. But they but so there was a lot of that hand sanitizing, uh, foot baths, temperature taking. But then they at the added feature, you know, Liz, they have a beautiful town square there. Yes. That has um, some gorgeous, a gorgeous Gothic church. They have other Baroque style churches right on the town square. They had set up inflatable arches. And it was like a mister, and you had to walk through these arches to get into the town square. I don't know what they were spraying us with, <laughs> but, but it didn't sting. or <laughs> were so I was okay with it, you know? <laughs> I mean, but that was part of when we, you know, when it was just. And this is a city that does lots of festivals and processions, and uh, you know, it just seems it's a very interesting place to go. I saw that um, in Travel and Leisure magazine. They have, um, they have said uh, San Miguel is their number one city destination for the twenty twenty one for the twenty twenty ones a year. They, ah, oh, interesting. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh. Yes.
2: oh. So all Julie, Julie, maybe, maybe you've already read it. Have you ever read the book on Mexican time, a new life in San Miguel. de no. It's It's really great. Written by a guy named Tony, Tony Cohan. And he was an American expat. He was an artist. His wife is a novelist. They went to Mexico. They went to San Miguel in 1985 and just fell in love with it and moved there. And it's the whole story of moving there. So it's sort of like a year in Provence, but yes. Mexico. Um, So I I, I highly recommend it on Mexican time.
1: Okay. That's good. So put that on your list, uh, Satellite Sisters. It's a great place to go for Satellite Sisters. I can totally see going there with a group of friends and having a fantastic time. It's great to go with a partner or a spouse. I, you know, while many of the Mexican families had young children there, I don't, I mean, it, it it probably is much more geared toward adult activities than children's activities there. But yet it's very um, children friendly, without a doubt. That's okay. an excellent
0: report, Julie. We literally <laughs> had no idea that you went. I think people I know, think I know, we- I kept
1: it a surprise. Again, it was a game time decision, right? Okay. Is, okay. I just like, you don't know until if you're actually going to do these things into the last minute because things change every single day, right? So game time decision, I went.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was feeling pretty good
1: about my wine tasting with John
0: Bon Jovi but it seems to <laughs> pale in comparison. <laughs> I just got an email from my grocery store Gelsons that they were having a, a tasting and uh, you know you could order a platter of seafood and duck and you could you could uh, get on on Zoom with John Bon Jovi and his son and learn about his new rosé Hampton Water and I signed up for that and I was feeling pretty good about that <laughs> until you just gave this report but that did happen last week.
2: I don't know. Wine tasting with John Bon Jovi, that's a once-in-a-lifetime Yeah, thing. I didn't
1: see any celebrities. Like, okay. So, so you're way ahead in that
0: count. I have to laugh, people, when I posted the photos of John Bon Jovi smiling at me at the on the Zoom uh, wine tasting, people are like, oh, you're so lucky. I was like, I just responded to an email from a grocery store. Like <laughs> that, there was no. That I'm seems just
1: pretty exclusively. yeah.
0: <laughs> this is one of the many women in their mid fifties that wanted to have a wine tasting with John Bon Jovi. Cause that was, I think everybody on the call was someone who had come of age in 1987 when living on a prayer came out. So, uh, Why not? Why not? And I tried to explain it to my husband. There was no explaining it to him beforehand. He wouldn't understand the words Zoom wine tasting, John Bon Jovi or Gelson's. (laughs) Like he wouldn't understand any of those words, right? (laughs) So he came home and there's a duck platter and a very generous seafood platter. Like that's how you kind of paid for it. you ordered the two platters, you had to go buy the wine and then you got the Zoom link. And, and what was crazy was that Gelson's had originally scheduled it for six, but they scheduled it on the tail end of Rosh Hashanah. Well, Gelson's is a grocery store that primarily serves the Jewish community here in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Like, that's where you go to get your matzo ball soup. And they blew it. They forgot it was Rosh Hashanah. Oops. So then they had to bump it to 730 at night, which... It might as well be midnight for me, but it really was almost midnight for John Bon Jovi. <laughs>
2: I have to- Oh yeah, oh have JBJ staying up late. Yeah, star he hours. He's a rocker. He's a rocker, though, <laughs> Leon.
0: That's what you him. think, Julie. But he got on, and he looked tired, and he was only drinking water. <laughs> oh, so cool. even John,
1: even John Bon Jovi,
0: at one point he said, "Why do you think I'm up at eleven fifteen at night trying to push this wine?" So in a in a good natured <laughs> way, but um. So, my husband was out. So, it was just me and John Bon Jovi in my office drinking wine. But he entered into this business with his son. So, the whole vibe of the night was that just parental pride. Like mm-hmm. his son is the same age as Brooks. He's 26. He went to Notre Dame. This was kind of his idea with his friends, because I guess they used to joke that out there in the Hamptons where John Bon Jovi has a big house. I know now on Lily Pond Lane in East Hampton, uh, mm. because I looked up a lot of John Bon Jovi facts afterwards, <laughs> uh, that, in the
1: facts land. that's yep, that.
0: that they used to drink a lot of rosé. John called it uh pink juice and his son said, no, it's really more like ham." water. And so Uh, that's, then they thought, Oh, we should do a business plan. That's a good idea. Like the 26 year old kid and his buddy, they did that. They've been selling the wine for five years, but it's just in California now. Cause Uh as we know, it's very hard to get wine onto the shelves in California because we have our own darn wine. So we don't need John (laughs) We don't need Ampton's water from France. So I think that's why Gelson's had him on because he must have said, yeah, I'll do this if you give the wine some shelf space. So that's why he was like, why do you think I'm up at 11.15? But he was just... He let his son do most of the talking. He couldn't have been nicer. He's just sitting in his kitchen somewhere in New Jersey at his big mansion. But, you know, John Bon Jovi married his high school sweetheart, Dorothea. Oh. They've been married for 32 years. They he have likes. four kids. You know, he is worth $400 million. Oh, my God. Wow. He wow. is like the fourth richest rocker on the planet, again, from some facts. So <laughs> even more appreciative that he's up at 1115 at night said to to help his son, to help his his son. son. It Mm -hmm. was really sweet. So he couldn't have been cuter. And you know, the people from Gelson's, I have to say they've got John Bon Jovi on the line, right? This is where I put my producer hat on. They spend the first 10 minutes, like talking about other events they're going to have. It's John Bon Jovi. He's there. (laughs) It's 1030 at night no one cares about the other events we're all here for john bon jovi and then at the end they Uh spend another 10 minutes talking about the coupons you're going to get and john's just on the line in his kitchen i mean does it i would have left the meeting you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i would have been like okay if you're talking about coupons bye-bye going now nope not john bon jovi just there with his son so it was really delightful i feel very close to him now yeah Uh, that's good (laughs) is the wine (laughs) any good yeah. The wine's delicious. It's a okay. French rosé. So okay. it's very crisp.
2: Okay. It's Cause
0: I think all pink wine kind of tastes alike, except if it's it dry, you know, yeah. there's a, there's, there's a big sweet middle, but then I like the Oregon rosés and I like the, uh, I like the French rosés and his oh. is a French rosé. So it's called Hampton water. And Liz, I believe you could only get it at Gelson's here okay. in California. <laughs> all right.
2: So look for it. Well, there's a Gelson's over here on the West side somewhere. I recall driving by one, but I'll, I will hunt it down.
0: (laughs) It has a very nice label with a swimmer on it. It's very elegant looking bottle. Uh, And um, the 26 year old said at first they wanted to bling up the bottle. And then he showed us the blinged up bottle. I was like, of course you did. This is the Jersey in you coming out, you know.
1: <laughs> now, Leon, could uh, could John see you? I mean, did you put a no. nice top on for your uh, Zoom call? Like I did, rip, but he
0: couldn't. Yeah, he could see. You know,
1: something it.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wet T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got my hair permed. Is that weird? <laughs> so. <laughs> now we were in the Zoom, you know, the webinar, so we could yeah. only see. There was a cheese, prof- a certified cheese professional, the woman from Gelson's, literally that was her title, certified cheese professional. So that's a job out there, people. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Uh, d- get on it if that's your dream. Um, she had put the platters together and then the marketing manager from Gelson's and then John and his son. But I could see lots of people in the comments. So you mm-hmm. many people enjoying the whole experience. So, <laughs> okay. so that's it. Now I'm just looking to the grocery store to provide all my social engagement as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your travel, you're doing all your traveling uh, through the aisles, so, through Gelson.
2: It's amazing how life has changed. <laughs> it is really amazing.
1: <laughs> it did make me think, though,
0: because I've been doing a lot of Zoom events. Um, I don't think these Zoom events are going away. I mean, I, for, I I think some people will continue to go to them. I think people Mm -hmm. have a little zoom fatigue, like maybe we're not doing the zoom happy hours anymore, but it was kind of fun to have John Bon Jovi, you know, sitting in his kitchen there, like talking to us. And it was pretty easy for him and it was a lot of fun. And there were certainly a lot of people on the line. So, um. So, cause it was not just my Gelson's, but all the
2: Gelson's. <laughs> all Southern the Gelson's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he's used to sold out shows. He so is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's used to the
2: big I stuff. mean, say they told you that JBJ was going to be live in the store. Would you go to that? Probably
0: it's, not. It's you actually easier
2: I mean? just to be on the Zoom and in some ways more personal. Yeah. And just, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. What are you going to do in the store? So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, That's a good solution. Right. I loved it. I thought it was great. So, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, actually I probably would go. Let's face it. Yeah, I but um I
1: would go. You two can stay home. I'd go.
0: I'd go. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm just saying, look at look read those emails. A lot comes through. I I mean, I enjoy a newsletter. And so I I feel like I benefited from reading the grocery store newsletter because it was a right. lot of fun. A lot of fun. Hot Thanks, John. Hey, speaking of the New York area, um, next week, we are having a very special Satellite Sisters. We're calling it our I Heart New York show. I Love New York next week. And here's why. Because we have some breaking Satellite Sisters news about NYC. Mm. But we are not going to tell you, Satellite Mm. Sisters and Misters. You are going to have to tune in to next week's podcast to know what we are talking about. But it's pretty big and it's pretty fun and it's pretty exciting. So we're going to be talking about that next week, but here's how you can help. I'm going to put a couple of questions in the Facebook group. And uh, one is for New Yorkers, people that live and work in and around the New York area that really know their stuff about New York. So you're sort of, I want to hear your favorite New York moment, like a typical New York moment that you loved, whether it happened on the subway or at St. Patrick's or in Central Park or whatever, a great New York moment. We'll be reading some of those on the show. And if you're a visitor to New York, there'll be another question for you about the spots you loved visiting in New York. So more of a tourist New York. Uh, What are the don't miss things when you go to New York? But the whole show will be built around I Love New York. So it's very, very exciting, I think. Why not?
2: I like this idea. This is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I know. So you're going to participate, Liz? Good.
2: (laughs) Well, I do love New York. So I'm in. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: And if you're not on Facebook, but you still want to participate, subscribe to pep talk, and you can always respond to the questions by responding to pep talk so uh, we love having people in the Facebook group and that's an easy fun place to, to find us and to join in the conversation but if that's not your jam then do subscribe to our newsletter. Cause we'll be, we'll be um, putting those questions also in pep talk this week. And to do that, just go over to satellite sisters.com, wait two seconds and a sign up window will pop up and you can do that. Okay. So that's it. Yeah. My sons leave for New York tomorrow. They are, they, the brothers planned a trip to New York together. Isn't that Okay. Really? Just for fun. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. All they're right. They're going tomorrow. Yeah. They're going tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. Colin's going to see Hadestown. He's got, he's got a Broadway play lined up and I don't know what Brooks is doing. He doesn't tell me anything anymore. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it's great having sons, isn't it? Yeah. it?
0: yeah. It is. It is. So I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I'll have some freshman Joe from them too. Excellent. Because they will have just been to the big city. Uh, all right. So that's next week on Satellite Sisters. I Heart New York. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for
2: 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right. So sisters, I said at the top of the show that I wanted to share a little bit about my emotional journey of going to get a second opinion on my leg. So, um... You know, I've shared some of the details since I had a bad accident over New Year's. I broke my knee and my leg. You've heard regular listeners (laughs) have heard some of the darker moments of that. First quarter of the year is pretty much like lost to my memory. Uh, Second quarter started to feel a little better. Um, But I just felt like I wasn't sure that I was improving at the rate that I was supposed to improve. And mainly because my my surgeon was just not a good communicator and sort of gave me the feeling I was failing. So, but you just don't know. And you think, well, your surgeon's job is to put you back together. Maybe now it is just up to me, but it was just, it was just gnawing at me whether or not I should talk to another doctor about, is this right? Am I really healing? So first I did I did a little research on second opinions. You guys have probably had to deal with this in some of your own medical issues, right? Uh, yeah. I, was, I don't think I ever have gotten one.
1: No, I haven't yeah. either. I, you know, but it seems hard to me. It's to intimidating. Get a, that's, it's, yeah.
2: It is intimidating. It is not hard, but it is intimidating. So just think about this. I was reading some stuff from AARP um, and they said a 2015 study found that seeking a second opinion led to changes in the course of treatment for approximately 37% of patients and changes in diagnosis Mm -hmm. So they say, if there's a better than one in three chance that your doctor's first instinct isn't necessarily the best way forward, don't you owe it to yourself to examine all your options for treatment? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So my issue was that, obviously, this was treatment after the surgery. I didn't really have any time during surgery in the middle of a pandemic. Leon, as you recall, you were there. There's really no time for choices. (laughs) It was... That part was super bad. I do right. not recommend surgery during a pandemic. Um, but you weren't for the,
0: shopping around for surgeons. No. Like no, when I had my cancer surgery, I had a list of surgeons and I did meet with a couple yeah. so I could pick one. You had emergency surgery.
2: So yeah, I was just better. lucky anyone would operate on me at that point. <laughs> right. Um, but for the kind of injury that I had, the aftercare after surgery treatment is almost as important as the surgery itself. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So this was, so now let's talk a little bit about my surgeon. So, you know, surgeons are not known for their warm and fuzzy approaches. They basically go in and they cut you up and then that's it. But each time I met with him, I felt like he wasn't really talking to me or listening to me. He was just a super hard ass. I'm sorry yes, to use that was. term, right? Well, you he met was.
1: him, Leanne, too, so you can corroborate. Multiple right? times. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So the, as I started to get better, the, I went in for my July appointment. So that was six months after my surgery. And this is when I really started to worry because I felt I was doing really great. Right. I even got dressed up for my appointment. I went on my own Lee and I said, you didn't need to come with me because I'm fine. I'm better now. Look at me. You know, I was down to just walking on one crutch. Julie, I even wore a dress to my doctor's appointment. I'm pretty because, proud well, first of
1: I'm... you, <laughs> <laughs> Liz, Not that the doctor cares one bit what you're wearing, right? No, he's no. Just, he's just looking at the x-ray, right?
2: Yes, but I knew he had to examine my leg. And then I thought, well, I just want to make sure he knows I am doing fine. So I walk in, feel like I'm doing fine. Um, he walks into the examining room. Now I'm down to one crutch, which I am super proud of. I put the crutch against the wall and I'm sitting on the examining table with my legs dangling. He walks into the room. He kind of acknowledges me, though I have no specific recollection of him acknowledging me. He just looks over and he sees the crutch against the wall and he said, what's that for? You shouldn't need that anymore. That was like the first thing he said to me, which is, I mean, talk about bursting your balloon I thought he was going to look at that and say, good for you. Oh, how are you doing? Maybe ask me how I'm doing. Maybe ask me, like, how's the PT coming? You know, how are you feeling? He didn't do any of that. First, he just, you know, bagged on me for having a crutch. And then he's like, okay, well, let me see you walk. And I, you know, I was walking not well, but well enough, way better than I had been. And he said, so tell me what you're feeling when you limp like that. So I explained to him what I was feeling and he said, he said, well, there's no reason for that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, doc. Uh, He said, look, all of your bones are healed. I'm like, I really can't, I'm just, you asked me what I'm feeling. That is what I'm feeling. So anyway, so I went into that six month appointment feeling great about my progress and came out of that six months appointment feeling like a total failure. So I'm just saying, if you're the doctor, maybe that's not a good way to manage the appointment. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, Especially, so usually, guys- I
0: mean, honestly, because it had been months for you. Yeah. Like you have an injury that will, we, you knew once you were able to really focus that it was going to be a year.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: in a good, in a good situation. Right. So,
2: his attitude
0: was really detrimental.
2: Yeah. He just really took all the wind out of my sails and the, and, and of course he's the doctor, right? So even I start to think, could he be right? Could I be failing? I mean, I was walking like, I mean, working like a dog. I had gone to the hardcore PT that he recommended. I've mentioned my physical therapist, who I love, The Beast. When I went back to The Beast after this devastating appointment with my doctor, she called him a very mean name and told me to just ignore him. She said, yes. She said, believe me, if you were not improving, I would tell you that. I have... I have rehabbed people. This is a very serious injury, and I've rehabbed people from it before. You're doing fine. This is going to take a while. So the beast had no time for him, but he definitely got in my head. Yeah. He was totally in my head. The other thing that got in my head, I will admit, is Ashley Judd. So,
1: You were jealous of her Liz. Is I was true? jealous
2: of Ashley Judd Julie because as you may recall not long after my accident she had a terrible accident in Africa where she broke her leg in a bunch of places and it was covered everywhere and then like in March there was a the big People magazine story about her and how how she was recovering and she t- she talked about I, I she talked about her knee flexion and that she already had 109 degrees of knee flexion And I was still at 90, and I was like, how is it possible that Ashley Judd has better knee flexion than I do? you are like, what is going wrong here? So I had my mean doctor in my head, and I had Ashley Judd in my head, so- that's I just...
1: mean, and you're Liz Dolan. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that I need to say that you're not you're not easily intimidated by anyone. No, or, uh, you know, whether it be a doctor or a celebrity. I mean, no, you're no. Liz Dolan. So that yes, thank that's, you, Julie. Thank you. Terrible.
2: But but if if someone starts to make me feel like I'm failing then I, I just don't know what to do about that. I, that cannot stand. Right. So, so I thought about it a lot. And then Liam, thank you. You have a friend who like you hooked me up with an alternate orthopedic surgeon Mm because then you don't know how, how you find this doctor. Like now you have to find another knee doctor. And when you, when you look into the research about how to get a second opinion, you know, sometimes you're supposed to tell your doctor you're seeking a second opinion. And I, no, I'm not doing that. Why would I tell him? I just want to talk to someone who's hundred percent independent of my doctor. So anyway, so I made the appointment. It took a month to get in again, pandemic timing. And last week I would have to say I had a triumphant second opinion with a new doctor. And it's, it's not just that I was shopping for someone to tell me what I wanted to hear as much as I wanted a doctor who gave me the feeling that he was listening to me. The first thing he said to me when I, when he walked in, I was sitting on the examining table. He said, how can I help you?
1: Oh, that's nice. Isn't yeah. that
2: nice? Yes. Yeah. Did you
1: wear the dress to the second? <laughs> no, I
2: did not. Cause oh, that obviously my. didn't work the first time. So, so I said, I gave him a little bit of the background. I said, I just need reassurance that I'm doing the right thing. I've been working very hard at PT. I did not bag on my current doctor because I don't think they like that. Um, I said, I'm just, you know, it's been very slow. I am getting better, but it's very slow. So I just wanted reassurance that this timing is appropriate and that it's I'm doing the right thing. And so he examined me, there were brand new x-rays. I'd love when they look at my x-rays and they're like, Whoa, wow. You know, so I got that. That was good. (laughs) He said, and he said, he said, you had a devastating injury. And for some reason, I'm happy to hear that. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. I just want someone to acknowledge that I'm not supposed to be fine yet. So he said, and it takes a long time. He said, it'll be a year, maybe two. Before you feel a hundred percent, so that was super helpful information. Uh, I explained to him what I was doing for PT, and he said, "Well, that sounds great. Your leg is very strong. I can tell you've been working hard." I like. I was like, "Thank you, doctor. <laughs> That's
1: good." Did you cry a little? That's good. I did not. No.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, no. No. And then my favorite thing, Julie, though, is when he started manipulating my knee and my leg, he's like, Wow, your flexion is great. Your knee flexion is great.
1: Take like, that, Ashley Judd. I never
2: yeah. knew it would mean so much to me to have someone say your knee flexion is great. I, I will confess I'm still I'm still about nine degrees behind Ashley Judd. Uh, okay. but whatever. So the um, so I mean, my first goal was to Continue to improve and to make sure that I was getting the right professional advice. Because my last doctor, again, in the July appointment, when he seemed so dissatisfied with my progress, I said, "What? Do, well, what should I do? What do you need me to do? I'm doing everything you told me to do. And he just said, you need to crank harder on that leg. That was just not a useful piece of information. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, doc.
0: Well, And he's been crank. saying that for six months. Every time you yes. went in,
2: I was there yes. and he
0: would say, just crank, just crank, just have someone crank on it.
2: Yes. Yes. So anyway, so that was the good thing is that I got the medical reassurance that I was doing the right thing. But also the other advantage to a second opinion is that- it totally changed my attitude. It's like, I've been feeling like I was failing. I had this feeling that it's groundhog day because every morning when I wake up, my leg is super stiff and I have to spend all day. It's like a tin man with an oil can, like just getting, getting the leg to work again. And I was like, okay, failing, failing, failing. But now it totally changed my attitude that like, okay, I start that way every day. That is to be expected. And as each day goes on, I'm getting a little bit better. So, so that was all, it was a real turning point for me. Um, and also just looking at my own x-rays and seeing other people look at the x-rays and just say, whoa, for some reason, that, <laughs> that, that's reassuring. Okay. So now here's my question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm spending so long on this, but no,
0: we're going we're, we're, we're to hold Julie's
2: story. So just okay. c- carry on. Okay. So now here's what I need your advice on. Uh, My next appointment with my surgeon is in January because that's a year after my surgery. And I'm trying to talk myself into actually looking him in the face and explaining the impact that his language and attitude had on me. I don't know, even though I am Liz Dolan, I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that. I have four months to rehearse. But what do you think I should say to my original doctor about how? how his negative language had um, worked against me so much. Any advice?
1: Well, do you think he really cares? Uh, no. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so. I guess. I guess the question is. If you provide that feedback to him, uh, uh, you know. Will it in any way change his his relationship with other patients or with you? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. Like it doesn't
2: sound like he cares. Well, if nobody ever... like
1: cares about his technical skill as a surgeon. So
2: mm-hmm. I just feel like if nobody ever tells him that it's it's about more than just looking at the picture and saying, Look, your bones have healed. That if nobody ever says to him, you need to like talk to your patient and listen to what she's saying, I feel like he underestimated me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's probably thinking, oh, you know, some middle-aged lady, probably not very active, not this, not that, probably not doing her PT right. I feel like he made all of these assumptions about me, which were all incorrect.
0: Okay. I, I would agree with that, Liz, having mm-hmm. been in most of those meetings. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that, that he underestimated you. I I would say something, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is a good question for all the doctors that we have who listen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the most helpful way to give this feedback or accept this feedback? I mean, you get a lot of, um, uh, uh, did you like your service? You know, a lot of like,
2: please tell I know. us how we're doing. Having an these...
1: opportunity, uh, you know, online as well to um leave a comment on. You know, you can evaluate him, and that goes into his ratings and stuff. So, I that, guess, yeah, I thought about that. Julie seems but less personal. Seems less me. impactful. Yes, it seems. It seems like, you know, if anyone could say these things, it's Liz Dolan. So. Um,
2: <laughs> with with four months to prep i don't know i was just think that anyway i would just like to reassure everyone out there like the value of a second opinion i read a lot about it 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 has a medical value for me it also had a huge psychological value mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why i'm so glad i did it even even though basically the new doctor said What you're doing is right. So there was no change of diagnosis. There was no change of um, the course of treatment or anything, but it was just the reassurance that, no, you're doing the right thing. It's just the timeline is this, not that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that he just had a different timeline in his head. So it's the psychological benefit was as important to me as the medical benefit. So I urge people, if it's something that's really in your head, the way this had gotten in my head, seek a second opinion that is my official medical advice Good.
0: <laughs> hey, i would like to um just shout out publicly to my friend maggie who i know listens to the show and she's the one that got you uh that that name thank you. and everything thank so, you maggie um, yeah she was super duper helpful yes um, uh, okay liz but really if you're a doctor is there a doctor in the house if you're a doctor please weigh in uh or a healthcare professional of any kind please yeah. weigh in on yeah, the facebook what's the group best or, way to give yeah.
1: back to the doctor what right. is the best way right
0: is yeah that, I, I think yeah. you should tell that whippersnapper
1: <laughs> you're gonna call him that look at the doctor whippersnapper
2: we're gonna call him dr whippersnapper okay All right. Yes. I would, I would love to know from any doctors we have listening, how would you want to get that kind of feedback? Because I think it's important, right? Okay. There you go. All right.
0: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to really switch. We had a lovely transition here, but forget it. We're going right to home improvement. So we got a few minutes here. (laughs) to increase the value of your house. And so I'm gonna take it. All right. Uh, you know, last week's pep talk was all about putting up my decorative wreath. I just wanted to tell, let people know that happened. The fall flags are up. I got mums, I got gourds, the whole front of the house is good. looking good for fall. Made that that made me feel better. I I needed to do some transitioning uh and I did it and that was very helpful. But real estate agents say that um, if you up the curb appeal of your home, it could account for up to 7% of the home's sell price. So that's Mm, a substantial amount of money. Yeah. Mm, Just mm. for slapping some new paint on the front door. Okay. So- What are the things? I have three articles, one from the New York Times, one from Martha Stewart, and then one from Better Homes and Gardens, which is really just about throwing stuff out of your kitchen. But I think you're going to enjoy that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So here are the things that the New York Times says, get up that curb appeal. Okay. First of all, break out the paint. I think we all know that in our hearts, but, uh, they always say it's the cheapest, easiest thing to do. We're going to get to specific paint colors that could increase the value of your home. That's what Martha's article was about. But if, if you've reconsidered, you know, repainting your front door or something in the front of your house, do it. That's what you should do. According to the New York times. How about this? Change the lighting, change the lighting, right? Oh, do Yeah. Set the mood with your lighting. Exterior lighting is incredibly pivotable, said an interior designer, <laughs> because only interior designers say things like that. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, well I can what, see that. I mean, I yeah. think that, you know, it does make it more welcoming and uh, it can accent... Uh, the strong features of your home. Yes.
0: There you go, Julie. Also, you want to think about a soft glow, not a harsh single light. That's not going to look great. People don't want that. They want a soft glow and they want decorative fixtures. You want to think about the scale. You don't want to put, you know, tiny, tiny things on a big house or big things on a small house. It's hard (laughs) to tell in those home improvement stores, but um, depending upon the size of the house, though, bigger is better. Okay. Plant it you know, you you know what you need to do. You need to get out some planters. You need to throw some plants in it. All right.
1: You need the pop of color at the front, right? Isn't that what they don't real estate agents always say
0: that? Yes. They they say it about 26 times in this article, pop of color. Every, (laughs) almost every other paragraph includes the phrase pop of color. Okay. So, so put some green out there, get some boxwood or you know, if you want to pop a color, your bougainvillea or something, just put something out there. Also, nothing beats the matching pair of tall pots or urns on either side of the front steps. Mm. I'll do it. Okay. Liz, you have a more informal entryway. You're going to cluster those pots, Liz, cluster them. Two or three on either side of the front door. Just cluster (laughs) them. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
2: It's different in a condo building, right? (laughs) You don't really have a grand entrance, but okay. All right. Okay.
0: But you could have some entrance. Currently, now you just have a jumble of stuff in the front of your.
1: <laughs> it's not a cluster. Sure. It's, it's,
2: it's not-, not a jumble of stuff, Leon. Those are my earthquake supplies. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that when I'm running out of the house during the earthquake, it's all right there. That's, that was my thought process.
0: Well, maybe light it better. Maybe add a soft <laughs> glass. <glove.
1: 'Cause-
0: laughs> okay. Yeah. Here, here, was one tip, add a perch. And I was like, what is that a birdhouse? No, it's just a chair or a seat. I don't know why they have to call it a perch in the New York times, but you know, you like see a little people bench have oh, benches.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah yeah that's really charming yes it's
0: charming i don't ever see anyone sitting in those benches but apparently
1: down on those benches ever no
0: okay Mm -hmm. and then this is something i disagree with the new york times It says roll out the welcome mat okay now i enjoy a decorative welcome mat i mean i live Mm -hmm. for those i change my welcome mats frequently and the designer from the new york times uh that's quoted just says you know keep them very simple we, the focus should be on the door and the door hardware, not the quirky mat. I say no. I say no, New York Times.
2: <laughs> quirky mat? No, you're down you're with the
1: quirky mat? The quirky mat. I don't know. That's no, a controversial position, Leon. I
0: nothing think. makes delivery people laugh more than my Prince doormat, which says, if you didn't come to party, don't bother knocking on my door. Okay? <laughs> people love it. All right. I can see how that would, yeah. Okay. Okay. That would be popular what are the paint colors you need to increase the value of your home? So yeah. who do you All go right. to, for, to for paint colors? You go to Martha Stewart, right? Cause she does actually have really good taste in paint. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so she lists a bunch of colors here, warm grays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yes. you know, soft whites, uh-huh. soft velvety beige, light pastels, creamy off whites, and if you're thinking, hmm, those all sound like the same color. Uh,
1: they are. They're all the same color. No, <laughs> so you, you no, know, pop a color on the wall. No, no. no. Keep it neutral, right? People write that because otherwise people won't buy by your house. That's exactly beyond, the lesson. Like they don't like Liz. I know you're talking about an accent wall. You're going to yeah. put up some of your own wallpaper. Wallpaper. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I just see so many ads for those wall murals now in my Instagram feed. It's just, again, it's in my head. It's in my head now.
0: Well, you want to remember, according to the designer quoted in the Martha Stewart article, a buyer needs to be able to envision their furniture coordinating with the chosen paint color, which is true. So like things like a yeah. red kitchen, no one wants a red kitchen, except maybe you, and you painted it red and now you're going to lose up to, they said $7,500 for the wrong paint mm-hmm. color. So you don't want to do mm-hmm. that. All right. So what you do is you just get yourself a warm gray, a soft white, a, a, a velvety beige, a light pastel, or a creamy off white. Those are all the mm-hmm. same color. You can't, you can't
2: miss there. <laughs> so you to- need a no color color.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Now here's my last home Improvement thing this is a good fall um fall project and liz particularly if you're gearing up for another season of cooking with liz oh yeah when you first started cooking with liz you had no utensils or tools you had no, none we had that were good. actually usable you had That's none correct. that were safe or uh <laughs> or effective cut yeah,
1: had props. <laughs> <laughs> she had props in her kitchen That's
2: it's not it's safe fun. or effective i know but so, i've upgraded quite a bit
0: Okay. So now you may have, right now you may have too many. So here's what you need to do for fall. You're going to throw away these 12 items immediately and be glad you did it. That's oh. the headline from better homes and garden. Okay. Clean out those drawers that hold your gadgets, silverware, not you're going to get rid of the mismatched silverware pieces, the never used tools and the lesser quality knives. So I guess it means that I have to get rid of that one fork I have from our childhood silver. <laughs>
1: Don't do it, Leanne. Save I it. can't do it. Save it, Leanne. I we had that
0: nice modern, my mom always had great silver, and I have one fork left from that really great looking, it was kind ju- of a stainless that. Fork. that could
1: yeah. go to the next generation. Okay. I got Wait, the one stainless
2: fork. steel fork to the next generation. Okay. Get, okay. get rid of your grocery bag.
0: Stash re- reusable
2: shopping bags in your car <laughs> instead of See? a cabinet. Just as I've been doing all these years, just leave everything in your car. Okay Okay, yes,
1: you're, you're exceeding on that on that. One <laughs> yes.
0: It's you know, it's great for um, city dwellers who have no cars. I, I mm. often feel bad for them because they just get totally left out of these things. Okay, so here what else do we want to do? Oh, you want to get rid of old spices, okay, come on. They yeah. should come with expiration dates, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dump out the expired seasonings, cleaning and drying the jars, whatever. Uh, get bulk organic spices and go for it. Fantastic. Do okay. That.
2: You know what? I hate to say it. We did cover that on cooking with Liz, okay. you know, that the, the going through the, your spice museum. So, you know, I was ahead of the curve on getting rid of old spices.
0: Well, they have two other particular squares that are both related to getting rid of rancid products. Okay. No. I think we all know that. Oh. Getting rid of <laughs> Really? (laughs) People need to be told to get rid
1: of rancid. Well, you know, people stocked up in 2020. You need to look at the items that you bought in January 2020 because a lot of them are expiring right now or have expired.
2: That's true, Julie. Mm -hmm. Here's
0: the other two categories you're going to want to get rid of frostbitten foods and dated refrigerator items. Yes, those are both disgusting. Get rid of those. (laughs) Okay. And this, and this, this is for all of you people. The last one is for all of you people that bought those air fryers during the pandemic. Get rid of your space hogging gear. Have you seen how giant those air fryers are?
2: Like I don't even a, understand what they are. Frankly. I don't. It's I, like
0: a lunar module in your kitchen. It is that big. <laughs> so big.
2: People love them though, Lee, and they love them. I don't. I don't understand. I
0: don't. They're so large. I don't and. I don't know. Can't you just grill the fish? I don't, I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> so that's what, get rid of your space hogging gear. I know we're going to hear from the air fryer lovers now. Yeah. They're going to say it's yeah. the best
2: thing they ever bought, but yeah. I
0: just, they're very large. It's all I had
2: them. a, I had a big debate with myself three months ago about my George Foreman grill because it's you know it's put away but like mom gave it to me i never use it right. but mom gave it to me wasn't there a year where mom gave all of us a george Foreman yeah, uh-huh. yes. Yes. yes do you still have yours do you guys still have yours no
0: i used mine so much it broke i had to get another one. Oh, okay
2: yeah <laughs> anyway I, I think um i think you
1: could just uh pass that on liz to someone um, you know you know
0: okay all right.
1: Maybe <laughs> that was very cryptic. You know, someone who needs a grill. <laughs> Just someone out there. Okay.
2: okay, I'll think about that, Jewel. Thanks. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Whew, we went through that pretty quick. But anyway, there you go. You're going to paint your house, you're going to put a perch out, and you're going to get rid of your rancid food. So that'll get you all shaped up. Shaped up. All right. When we come back, um, we have some entertaining sisters uh, information and we have our big award. Uh, oh first, yeah. yeah. Don't first forget we, that. First we want to thank a sponsor and it's perfect. Liz summer is coming up and you know what that means. It means you're grilling, you're grilling and for chilling sure. there yes. with your, with your butcher box.
2: What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing, because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer,
0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com/sisters and use code Sisters to choose your free-for-year offer. Plus, get twenty dollars off your first order. Thanks, Butcherbox. All right, we're back. Um, okay, you guys, we got an award uh, this week from the City of Santa Monica. Yes, <laughs> and yes. it's pretty exciting. We they sent us an email. Because we can order the actual awards to display proudly in our closets, in our oh, places okay. of business. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I work? And here,
1: yes. Right here. Here's what it... the
0: city of Santa Monica has awarded us. We are the winner for the 2021 Best of Santa Monica Award in the category of Satellite Communication Service. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow, they did do a lot of research into us, obviously.
1: Yes. Yes. We have been providing consistent, high-quality satellite communication service, haven't we? Behind the scenes,
0: we do this podcast. That's just the lost leader, you know, because what we're really doing is providing high-level satellite communication service. Yes. Wow. That is exciting. I may just order one just for fun. Uh, Please. (laughs) Okay so there's no parade. There's <laughs> no. no parade list. Okay. All You're right. not even mayor for the day or anything. Okay. Uh, and if we, if, we disp- if we widely publicize this, pretty soon people will find out we do not actually provide
2: satellite
1: communication. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Liz, is, uh, is there sort of a Santa Monica magazine where they showcase the best of Santa Monica? Maybe we'll be listed in there.
2: I think Santa. there is, or you can get one of those stickers for your front door, People's yes. Choice. Yeah, yes. <laughs> up okay. in my apartment unit. I'm not sure. I don't get a lot of street traffic by my front door, but I could try displaying something. No, I think the best thing for people to do we've said it before is to share the sisters. This is no kidding. This is what we would really love for you to do. If you have an episode that you love, just send that to one of your own satellite sisters or misters. The more you share around uh, some of the episodes that you like, the more listeners we have. And we we would love to have more people in on the sisterhood and misterhood. So you can just, no matter what app you're using, there's always a way to just say, okay, that was funny. I'm going to send that to whoever. Name, name whoever your sister or mister is. So go ahead and share the sisters. If you want to tell them uh, that we're in the satellite equipment business, you can, but you could, you could just start just start with how great the podcast is. We're not going to try to sell anyone a satellite anytime soon. Just how much you love this show.
1: Good one.
0: Yeah. I also like when people um, who are listening to back episodes post their favorite uh, either on Facebook and tag us or post it in our Facebook group. That's fun to see uh, sort of what old ones they've dug up and what they're laughing at. It's it's really a lot of fun. So I appreciate that. And I'm just looking at the awards now. It's it's going to cost us $229 to get one of the awards. So, oh. um, well,
1: yeah. So well, maybe we'll, have we'll to pass see. on that <laughs> we'll have to see if
0: we can afford that in our marketing maybe budget. Maybe we could just get a screenshot. Of <laughs>
2: Okay. Uh, all right. Entertaining sisters. Liz, you want to do a quick follow-up on Theranos? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know that Theranos trial is going on. You know, the Theranos trial is going on. Like many of you, you've listened to all of the podcasts and all of the, you've seen all the documentaries and uh, but there was an episode of a podcast this week that I just wanted to pass along. So Kara Swisher, who is a very famous tech journalist, does a podcast called Sway uh, for the New York Times, in which she um, she just interviews people with sway, sisters, people she thinks really you know are making things happen in the world. And this week's episode, she talks to Anne Wojcicki, who is the CEO of the company Twenty Three and Me which plays a key role in your novel, Leah. Yes, yes, yes they do. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's a really interesting discussion between Kara and Ann Wojcicki about privacy and scientific literacy. And also, of course, Elizabeth Holmes comes up because if you are a tech CEO in Silicon Valley in the sort of health sciences space, which is where Ann Wojcicki is, you know what uh, Elizabeth Holmes um, sort of has been up against or what you can do and what you can't do. So it was, it's a very interesting discussion about where the limits are when you're in that health space about claims you could make like 23 and Me got into a lot of trouble with the FDA a few years ago that they were sharing health information that they had not been approved to share yet. So, I mean, that was not a crime. It was not a fraud. The way Theranos is accused of uh, defrauding um, some of their users. But anyway. It's it. So she talks about the science of it, the ethical aspects of it, and also the the law enforcement angle uh, of all of this. So uh, and she said from the beginning, whenever she saw Theranos being presented at these big conferences, she couldn't understand why no one was asking them the hard questions. They were not getting the hard science questions. And so Kara says to her, well, why didn't you ask? And she's like, yeah, well, that's not for me to do, which is an interesting part of the culture, right? Right, So there was that. Uh, And then another thing that's interesting in this this particular episode, um, she talks about how female founders are facing additional bias and additional scrutiny now because of the Theranos blow up. So anyway, it's called Sway. I'll put a a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
1: A Great, Jill. Of- now we have a bunch of books we want to recommend. Jill, I, you my you first go. one that I want to recommend a new book, but it's an excellent book. It's Eric Larson's book called Dead Wake, and this is about the sinking of the Lusitania. Now you may recall the Lusitania from high school history, um, and you think you know everything that happened, but you didn't until you read this nonfiction book that reads like fiction. It, would, it was such a page turner. I wasn't even sure the boat was going to sink. in <laughs> I mean, it, it's on the it's, edge of your seat. I really was. Uh, but here's the other thing: I was thinking about this book. This is a great partner or spouse book to read. Let's say you and your spouse want are looking for a book to listen to or read to. I'd highly recommend Dead Wake by Eric Larson because it's just chock full of interesting facts about that period of time. Do you realize that? It was two years after the sinking of the Lusitania that we went, that the U.S. got involved with World War I. I always thought it was like the next day, like yeah. it was a Pearl Harbor event. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, uh, me too. Book, and so that's what I know. So I, I would hi- I think this would be a great book if you're looking for something to read with your spouse or partner. It's uh, Eric Larson's Dead wake, uh, wake about the sinking of the Lusitania. OK, okay. Well, Julia, that's
0: interesting because I also have a World War I book to recommend, but it's a novel called At Summer's End by Courtney Ellis. Uh, And I just really enjoyed it. It's about a female artist who wants to get start getting commissions. And it's very unusual. She's very ambitious. And so she she takes this commission that she thinks is from this well to do Duke. And it turns out that uh, unlike Downton Abbey, it's more like, uh, you know, it's more like a Downton Abbey on the downslide. the whole, the whole estate is going downhill, and the the duke faulty there towers. has towers,
1: more like faulty towers. Exactly, yeah, exactly.
0: and he's been in World War One, so he's suffering sort of the post traumatic stress of being in World War One. So, but I just thought it was like a very charming, unusual view of kind of British, you know, landed people who have really had a lot of issues and no money, and it was just an unexpected, uh, an unexpected twist. And World War One is not, I don't think we know that much about World War One. I. I feel like all we learned was the Lusitania trench warfare. We're mm-hmm. on to the next war. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed At Summer's End by Courtney Ellis. And then another book I really enjoyed that's being published today is called Catch Us When We Fall by Juliette Fay. Very different book. It's contemporary fiction, but it's really a hard look at sort of addiction and recovery as in a, in a fictional you know setting um but it's a i think a very real well-researched story about what it's like to in this case get clean um to, to to stop drinking for this this one woman to stop drinking and the people in her life that help her do that and the challenges she goes through and the people that she meets in the process uh catch us when we fall is the name of the book by Juliette fay And these are always in the show notes and we put our recommendations also in pep talk. So if you're driving and you don't remember, it's another good reason to subscribe to pep talk because you'll get um, the books and the TV shows and everything and the podcasts that we recommend in our weekly newsletter. But those are my picks.
2: Liz, we Okay, we yeah, we podcast. have a yeah, What's we that? have a, a big event coming up. We just want to remind people that She Podcasts Live is a women's podcasting convention that happens in Scottsdale, Arizona, October 14th. Through seventeenth, it's mainly for people who podcast, but also podcast fans are welcome. And Leanne and I are the keynote speakers on Saturday, October sixteenth, at that conference. So Saturday at nine a.m., uh, we'll be on stage with um, with one of the women who runs she podcast and just talking about our lives as podcasters. Leanne, yeah. You know. We'll have to figure out what, cook figure cook out what something. that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's cook something up. You get yeah. It so I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to shepodcast.com. and they do have virtual tickets too. So if you're interested in that, if you can't be in Scottsdale, Arizona, I believe there's an alternative where you can do that. So yes,
0: there's an all virtual event. For, uh, all you get to see all the keynotes and everything like that for $99 for the yeah. three day conference, pretty reasonable, the virtual event.
2: Um, and yeah, we just, we just love to support all of the women's voices in podcasting. So, um, and we know you probably do too. So that's, she podcasts live. All right. A big thank you
0: today to Sergio Enriquez, our engineer. Thanks Sergio for all your help in making the show. A big thanks to Emily Loudermilk who does our graphic designs. If you're not following us on Instagram at sat sisters, you can see Emily's work every week. All right. Our
1: to do's Joel, what do you got? But mine is the follow-up. You remember last week Liz and I were talking about La La Land, which was this super cool coffee beverage shop that have opened in Dallas and in Santa Monica, and I was somewhat intimidated to go in there, but I did. But yes. I want to thank Satellite Sister listeners Debbie and Dawn that did some additional research that I probably could have done to find out that La La Land has a wonderful mission that they support um, uh, people that were in the foster care system that are now old enough to work, and that and those are the people that are working at La La Land. So I think oh, that's that, great, which is really a great mission to hire you know hire people. People that have come up through the foster care system we really applaud them i will applaud them in person the next time i'm in <laughs> ordering a beverage so thank you very much uh, to our satellite sister listeners
0: okay <laughs> on my to-do list i'm just going to get rid of the rancid oils i mean it's time
2: <laughs> okay it's time. congrats thanks sounds very productive i don't want you to say that word ever again <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is Liz, my to-do list. I am getting a house call this afternoon. Leon, from your son, Colin. Nice and Colin is coming over. This is quite a milestone for me, sisters and misters. Colin is going to reinstall the shower door he had to remove in the early part of February mm-hmm. because I could not get in and out of my own shower. Now that I can the door is going back on, and I feel like this whole thing is sort of the last piece, the restoration of what I previously had going on in my home will be complete once that shower door is back on. Again, symbolically, very powerful for me, and I'm very grateful <laughs> that Colin knows how to do it.
1: Good, and give Colin the George Foreman grill, Liz.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> See? Don't know. I don't need one. We he lives at leon He lives at my house. Don't. Why not
1: forever, Leanne. I can take it with me.
0: No. Okay. He's not. Right. He's. <laughs> oh, okay. He's <laughs> anyway, not gonna... fine. Please don't give him that grill. I'm you. <laughs> okay. Just... I'm okay. going to send
2: him home with list. some some bottles of rancid oil or something. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, I'm very, very excited about my shower door. All right, who's a busy
0: week for all of us? Yes. Uh, all right, sisters, have a great week. You too, Leanne. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.